both stared at each other, took a huge gasp of air, and bulged our eyes at each other. (laughs) Neither of us started. Nobody said anything. This is a silent episode. It's like a silent movie, but there's no – you don't get to see anything or hear anything. We're just going to sit in silence because today was a rough day for both of us and we just need to relax. And what better way to do that than with scary ghost stories? Well, that is our way of relaxing, so it does make sense. This up, this who are we? <laughs> Where are we? Oh my we? god, we're two girls, one ghost. Two girls, That's who we are. One ghost. <laughs> and we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Hi, and I'm Sabrina. And okay, I wanted to say this because we, a couple episodes ago on Campfire Stories, had a child whisper see you on the other side for us, mm-hmm. and it didn't pick it up in the Campfire Stories recording. I know. We were devastated. So should we just have a call to action and have people send us their kids whispering, see you on the other side, and like compile them together at the end of an episode? Yes. 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 So because that, please do that it. is the moment we learned that on Green Room, on the app, when we do campfire stories, now Sabrina and I try to not – like try really hard not to talk too much and interject because it will pick up one person's mic more than the other. And we lost this wonderful Two Girls, One Ghost Whisperer by this kid. It was Kathy and Milani, and who – they're both Patreon donors, or together they are Patreon donors. And they shared a story on our show, and we just didn't capture it, and it was so sad. So sad. Now we need all the kids to send us – we'll do a Creepy Kids episode, and we'll just start it out uh, with – This is Two Girls, One Ghost. you on the other side. That was not how we say it at all, but – You'll do it better than I. It's it's however the kids, yeah, however the kids, however they want to say it, and we'll just start using those because they're so cute. They're so cute. I know. I love it. (laughs) Also, Corinne captured an EVP in the Campfire Stories that comes out. Well, I didn't capture well, it. Well, we all you collectively found it, did, I guess. Yeah, I was forced into it because I was. I, I am in charge of editing that particular episode. Yeah, it comes I out. Did not, what the Wednesday after this one does? So mm-hmm. it's Campfire Stories Nine, okay. Number Nine. So whenever that one comes out, which should be in a week or so. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, when that happened, and I was listening to it, I was home alone, and I at first I was like, "This is so cool," and I sent you a clip, and then I posted it on our Instagram story. I must have listened to it thirty times, and then I got really nervous, and then I couldn't move from the couch, and I was just glued there for like four hours until Brian <laughs> got home. Like, this is actually so scary because there were no male people who were on stage with us no. at the time. And we were, like, in the middle of talking. And the person who was on stage was the one talking at the time that this happened. Ugh. So, yeah, it was really scary. And this is, like, the second or third time that EVPs have been caught on our Campfire Stories. And we've only been – we've only had nine episodes. See, this is what happens when our haunted phantoms come and join us on stage. They bring all their ghosts with them. And it feels like the perfect place for a ghost to, like, hide in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the strange thing about this one versus the EVP that happened a few campfire stories back when everybody was hearing the growling mm. when that one woman was out on her porch telling of like essentially yeah. the demon inside. That one we all heard live. This one, no one nobody heard. heard when it was going on. I'm surprised like was- you did because even I listened back to it a few times and like the first time listening through, I didn't hear it. And then I like had to go back and then I was like, oh. When you pointed out yeah. each spot, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, cause it's like underneath you talking. Right. Yeah, it's hidden in, but it's there. 
So anyway, join us at our campfire stories and um, maybe you'll get haunted or or we'll be haunted by your ghosts or whatever it is. Join us. In the meantime, yes. let's read you your hauntings yeah. that you have emailed us. Do you want to go first? Sure. This is from Lindsay. It's called, Your Podcast is Making Paranormal Things Happen Around Me. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Well, guess what, Lindsay? You're probably making paranormal things happen around us, too. True. So... Hey, ladies and ghosts. Once again, I'm writing you to tell you about something weird that's happened to me after finding your show. I wrote to you once about something messing with my audio while I listened to your podcast, but now I have something new to share. I work in a factory cleaning and basically being like a mom picking up after disgusting people. This last Sunday, I was cleaning the men's bathroom and listening to one of your episodes like I do every day, and I heard someone whistling. That doesn't seem weird, except that when I clean the locker rooms, I close off the main door to the room so that no one has access to enter them, and it being Sunday, only a few people were even on shift. I quickly paused the audio and walked through the area to make sure no one got in. No one was there. I reasoned with myself that I was probably just hearing something that was nothing. There's many random noises around here, and then I went back to work. A few minutes later, I heard it again. This time, though, it was more clear, and I could tell it was coming from the area that I was working in, and it had a distinct melody like a song and had the tone of a male voice. I got instant chills down my spine, and the hair on my body stood up. I quickly walked out into the hallway, joining the two break rooms to catch my thoughts. I knew it wasn't anyone on the intercom system because I would have heard it click on and off, and I knew there wasn't anyone physically in the area with me, and I knew that there was no way that I'd be able to hear whistling from people in other areas of the factory over all of the machines running. I heard it once more before the end of the day, and I haven't heard it again in the two days that have passed since, nor in the past have I ever heard it while working here. But it freaked me the fuck out, and I truly believe that listening to your podcast is making ghosts visit me in one form or another. <laughs> Keep up the good work, ladies, and I'll see you on the other side. Lindsay. Wow. I mean, I, it, there's something about, like, old factory-like buildings that I feel like screams, let's be haunted by a ghost. I know. Why is that? It's so weird because, I mean, large buildings like that, they're not that old. In retrospect, some of them are, are, you know, only 100 years old or so. Yeah, but some of them are older. Like, I always think about the buildings in, like, New York that have been, you know, now, like, warehouses that are now, like, apartment buildings. And a ton of people have worked there and cycled through those those buildings, too. So, yeah. Lots of energies. But I also fully believe that, I mean, you and I experienced this when we first started doing the podcast. We kind of opened ourselves up to the paranormal just because we were talking about it so much. So I imagine it's the same for Mm -hmm. listening to it a ton, especially at work, Lindsay. I mean, if you're alone and maybe there is a ghost nearby, they're just – at least this one is not in your face. It's just whistling to be like, hello, I'm here. I exist as well, but I'm not going to bother you. I like the thought that this ghost is also helping Lindsay. Like just <laughs> whistling as as he works and helps clean and, you know, going about the business. Yeah, I hope that's the case. Me too. Wow. Well, Lindsay will have to give us an update if it's happened because when she sent this, nothing had happened for the next few days. Mm-hmm. But this was August of last year. So there's plenty of opportunities for, for more whistling and more haunting. But I also hope that it hasn't. Or if it has, that maybe you've found out the source or you know who the ghost is and it's friendly. I don't know. I don't want anyone's homes 
or places of work or or places of education to be haunted because I feel like those are the it's hard because <laughs> so many places are but I feel like those are the places that I want people to feel comfortable in and going to and spending time in but maybe a ghost will make you feel comfortable I don't know that's true there's a lot of different types of paranormal activity yeah. out there reminds you of home when you think of reminds ghosts you of home. okay I have a story from Athena and Athena. it is called, I felt like my soul was ripped from my body in Texas. Wow. Okay. Hi, ladies. I was just listening to your episode, Stop Cursing, and I had gotten to the end of the story about the woman who said she felt like her soul was being ripped from her body. I have had this experience, but in Texas. For some background, my mom is a Reiki master and is a huge believer in positive and negative energies and has always said that I'm much more sensitive to that sort of thing than other people. There have been places in the mountains of Colorado where I was born where I would suddenly get really sick, but if I left the area, I would feel fine. So this story happened after my family moved to Texas when I was in high school. We lived in a really small town, the kind where everyone knows everyone, and my mom had a close-knit group of friends who also studied Reiki or did astrology and tarot, etc. One of her friends was having an art show at her house, and my mom took me along. The art was placed throughout the house, so we walked around the house as we looked at everything on display. As I got further into the house, it was pretty big, I got more and more dizzy. I started feeling faint and really sad, and I could just tell something was really wrong. It was so weird because I know her friends use sage to cleanse their houses and are very focused on maintaining positive energy in their spaces. Eventually, I started crying and told my mom that I had to leave because I was shaking so bad. She quickly took me out of the house and back to our car that was parked at the end of the driveway. The moment we got to the car, I was fine. When she asked me to try to describe what had happened, the only description I could give was, I felt like something evil was trying to rip my soul from my body. Now, I believe in ghosts and the paranormal. I have seen a ghost enter my little sister's room. I've picked up an EVP before, but I've never before or since felt anything that strong and evil. I still can't explain it. I never went back to the house, and I'm not sure if my mom stayed in contact with the woman who owned it but I do know that I never want to feel that way again. Unrelated, I had someone, a ghost, an entity, or something, laugh in my ear a few months ago <laughs> while listening to your podcast episode about Dear David. I no! immediately stopped listening and staged the entire house. Anyway, thanks for your awesome podcast. You ladies are amazing, and it's so good to have such a great community of people who believe in the supernatural. Love you both, Athena. I'm not really into this laughing, mocking ghost. That's no. It's like, ha ha, you're scared of this story? Well, wait until you see everything else. It feels evil. It does. This is really interesting what happened within this person's home where a Reiki master, you would assume that the energy is so positive, which I think Athena did. That's why it was yeah. confu a confusing experience. But I, I almost have two – two thoughts of what it could be. Okay. And this is because this is – I'm trying to make a positive spin on mm. it and not have something evil ripping the soul out of Athena. One is that what if the energy in the home is just so intense and there's just so much like energy work done there that – Athena suddenly tapped into something and was about to actual project and felt was like basically stuck in between her soul starting to come out of her Ugh. unintentionally. But like I would hope that good power doesn't cause your body to do that automatically and to the evilness that she felt from it makes me think otherwise. That's true. I almost feel like, okay, so, you know, I mean, art is just, it's an expression of yourself, right? So they were going to look mm -hmm. at this friend's art and it was like all throughout the house and so what if the woman who created this art kind of like 
one, what if it was like a very, she was expressing something very deep and sad within herself. So the art was like emitting the sadness and darkness maybe. And it, like right. as she went further along. Maybe that was along, her way of healing. Like she, yeah. I mean, that's what she unintentionally is. attached some of her negative emotions mm-hmm. into the art and it manifested into actual like negative entity. Yeah. I don't know. Or there's just something dark and negative or maybe her mom's friend's we're dabbling in something dark that she did not realize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, especially if if the Reiki is done in the home too, like maybe that person, specific person who owns the home is a Reiki master and, you know, has has a lot of positivity around herself. But that doesn't mean if she's treating someone else in the home that there's not a bunch of bad and negative energy escaping that person into the space. Yeah. And also we know that saging and cleansing doesn't necessarily always remove negative spirits because sometimes if you do it poorly or incorrect, it can also trap negative things in the house. Well, Athena, just don't go back there. (laughs) Sounds like she hasn't. So that's good. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Okay. So this one sent by Jordan definitely caught the attention of me because it is titled Creepy Doll Buried in Our Yard. Oh. Hello, ghostesses and Queen Leia, of course. First off, I absolutely love your podcast. As a PhD student working from home and living alone, listening to you guys while I analyze data makes my work so much more fun. (laughs) Anyways, I have the creepiest story from my childhood, and I think you both will like it. I grew up in New Kent, Virginia, a very small town near Williamsburg with more cows and cornfields than people. Oh my gosh, I love that. Corinne, you would love that. (laughs) Me too! (laughs) My parents bought land out in the middle of the woods and built our house there a few years before I was born. Fast forward to when I was about five or six years old, I was out in the yard one afternoon with my dad helping him as he cleared out some old brush and dead trees. My dad was digging to remove a root when he suddenly stopped and stared into the ground. I asked him what he was doing, and he looked puzzled. He told me to run inside and grab my mom. When my mom and I came back, he was holding something. It was a small doll, no bigger than his hand, dressed in a long black and purple dress decorated with moons and stars. It was buried in the yard, and he had found it while digging up the root. But like I mentioned earlier, we lived in the middle of the woods, and no one had lived here before my parents built our house. The nearest house was a ways away. So did this doll end up buried in our yard and why? My parents were both equally confused and unnerved. And to be safe, they decided to bury it back where my dad found it. Nothing happened immediately after finding the doll. But a couple years later, my dad lost his job and was forced to relocate to Massachusetts. And we found out a while after that the family who bought the house after us ended up having it repossessed by the bank and leaving as well coincidence or did it have something to do with the doll my family and i still talk about this doll to this day and it always sends a shiver down my spine when i think about it (laughs) anyways i hope you enjoyed this creepy little story from my childhood i've always loved all things spooky my childhood consisted of scooby-doo goosebumps and bailey school kids books watching old scary movies like og dracula frankenstein mummy etc and talking about halloween all year round my 12th birthday party was even ghost hunters themed wow and now at 22 i feel right at home in the spooky community you, you both have created see you on the other side and don't take up creepy dolls in the woods at Side of your house, Jordan. I have so many questions about this doll. Like, what did it look like? I because I feel like you could probably date it to a certain time or period, or maybe even I, I don't know. Like, I just want to know when it's from, like how far back it goes. Yes. Because I then know. you could try to like Same. my mind is like if it's kind of more recent of a doll, it reminds me of like the movie AI when they're trying to get rid of him, which is so sad, but I like drop him off in the woods really, really far away because 
then it won't get back to you. And if it's more recent, like like I'm thinking, okay, if this doll was from 100 years ago, there's potential for like the land to have shifted a bit and for things to happen and it become like very surface level buried. Mm-hmm. But if it was it was if it was like in the past, you know, 10 or so years, 20 years, I don't know how long. I'm not I'm not good at this stuff. Some <laughs> other scientist could tell me. But like I would assume that that was a very intentional bearing. It wasn't like it was just dropped. Yeah, that's true. And it had been naturally covered by the land around it. Someone dug a hole and buried that doll. Yeah, which is where my mind goes because, yeah. I mean, but also like, yeah. And again, like if you know when it's from, you can also know if it – if like because there probably were people on that land before before Jordan and her family, maybe not necessarily living there, but traveling it or – yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's in the – yeah, I'd be curious. Like is this woods? Are there trails nearby? Is this open field? Was this a farm field? Like what what was happening there? I also hope that – to put another positive spin on this story too. (laughs) I love your positive takes today. Well, after not sleeping when discovering the EVP, I need some some light (laughs) today so I can sleep after this. I just hope that maybe this doll to someone was symbolic of a period of life that they had overcome and mm. they were working through stuff. And by bearing the doll, it was their way of of having closure and moving on and healing. And so I, I hope that the, the burying of the doll, if intentional, was a positive thing for the person getting rid of it. Okay. To take your positive take and give it a little bit of a darker, sadder, but still <laughs> somewhat positive spin – Oh, okay. What if if they kept digging, if Jordan's dad kept digging like a few more feet, they would have found a body and perhaps someone died out there and they buried them there and later they found this doll that was really important to that person and they wanted to put it on top of the the grave. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it is a little bit more sad because <laughs> there's no dead body involved. But no, that makes sense. That would totally make sense. Or what if, what if, oh, how about this? What if it was actually a doll that a dog really loved? It was intended for for a child, but the dog adopted it as his favorite toy and he would always take walks through the field with his owner and then they buried him out there and buried him with his doll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be any of these. Or someone had no, a- Or someone had a very haunted doll and they needed to get it out of their lives and they went to the farthest place, unchartered, on a map and buried it deep in the dirt. didn't think the little doll feet could make it that far. You know. Clearly they didn't. Yeah. Okay, what do you have? Okay. I don't have a creepy doll buried in a yard, but I do have the time the ghost broke the only rule in the house from Kelsey. Hey, ladies, I'm Kelsey, and I'm 16 years old. I've been obsessed with your podcast for a while, and listening to your Encounters episodes helped me realize that I'm not the only crazy ghost person with all of these experiences. (laughs) First, some background. The women on my mom's side of the family are incredibly in tune with the paranormal. From my grandmother smelling her mother's perfume and seeing her name on countless odd objects like trailer trucks, to my mom predicting my grandfather's stroke, We've developed rules throughout the years. Well, only one rule, really. Whoever is here or passing through, they have to stay downstairs. And that happens most of the time. But most of the time, they also like to mess with me. So I think I was maybe 10 or 11 and my best friend V spent the night. The two of us are really into the paranormal and would constantly talk about it every chance we got. Anyway, it was the middle of the night and I woke up to V coming back into the room after using the bathroom. V never closes the doors inside my house, so this time was no different as she left the door to my bedroom open to come back to sleep. 
I know I fell back asleep and then I woke up about half an hour later and I remember getting an odd feeling in my gut, like someone was watching me. I looked over to the door and saw my mother there, staring intently at me. Her arms were crossed and she was leaning on the doorframe. At the time, I thought nothing of it and went back to sleep. But the next day, I asked my mom about it and she gave me a very odd look. She said, I slept downstairs on the couch. The color Mm -hmm. drained from my face and I told her that I swore I saw her upstairs by the doorframe with her arms crossed staring at me. Soon enough, my mom knew what was occurring and told me that if it ever happens again, that I need to be firm in my voice and tell them to go back downstairs or they are not welcome here. After I told my friend this, she always made sure to close my doors. Next is something that has been occurring lately. Have you ever heard of the shadow man? The tall man with the tall hat? I've heard of him, but I've never thought I'd see him. Most of the time I'd see him in a dream, but I never thought I'd see him staring at me across the hall as I tried to go to the bathroom. So in my house, we have an extra bedroom and the upstairs bathroom is right across from it. As I went to go to the bathroom during the night, I had the bathroom door open and the lights on. The extra bedroom door was open. This sounds a little TMI, but as I sat on the toilet and looked at the bedroom, I saw him. The tall, dark shadow of a man. And I could tell he was staring at me. Remembering my mother's advice, I said in a firm voice, Dude, you know you're not supposed to be up here. Either you go back downstairs or you need to hit the road. I tried to look the other way and then looked back to where he was standing and he was still there. I had had enough of it, so I said, Listen here, buddy. It's the middle of the night. I am trying to use the bathroom and I'd appreciate it if you left me alone. (laughs) I followed that with a few curse words and soon enough my message got to him and he ended up leaving. After finishing off in the bathroom and realizing what had happened, I grabbed my Palo Santo and cleansed the upstairs space well enough without disturbing my parents, especially with the fact that they don't like me burning things sometimes. I went downstairs and talked to the open space of the kitchen and apologized if I ended up offending the shadow man, but I made it clear that I don't like the fact that he was upstairs and disturbed my nightly bathroom time. I have plenty of more stories like my great-grandmother who I never met appearing in my dream to discuss my grandfather and his health to the time where I saw someone staring at me through the sliding glass door. Let me know if you'd like to hear about any of them. See you on the other side, Kelsey. Well, first, obviously, we want to hear them. Obviously, we want to hear them. Also, Kelsey, I want to know why you're not telling the spirits to just straight up leave. You're just telling them to stay on the first floor. (laughs) Well, it sounds like (laughs) even if they ask them to leave, they're going to have spirits regardless. I love that their family has a rule. Like, spirits are always going to be around us, but they all have to stay on on the first floor of the house. Yeah. Nighttime routines and sleep cannot be disturbed. You're only allowed to be downstairs, spirits. I mean, there's nothing worse than going to the bathroom and someone a ghost watching you i mean being caught with your pants down is is awful it's the worst yeah because where can you you there's an amount of time that it will take for you to fix yourself and be ready to run yeah and so you're basically trapped there yeah that's so creepy and why is everyone just like leering at kelsey no you know just standing staring the first one it's creepy that they mimicked her mom but it doesn't seem Negative. Or at least maybe Kelsey's just like so used to these encounters and seeing the paranormal and being open to the paranormal that they don't scare her. Mm -hmm. But like the the image of someone just like watching with their arms crossed, like smiling is almost – it feels like they were admiring this cute sleepover between two friends. Was she smiling? I don't know. I thought she gave a – I thought she said – I'm pretty sure Kelsey said that the – her her fake mom, her ghostly mom – was leaning on the door with her arms crossed and gave her a weird look. It said staring intently, which could 
Oh, she gave me a very odd look. Yeah, which I don't know. Which is making me think of the mom from Coraline, Ugh. like the alternate, the other mother. Ugh, that's just true. like some some bit of like being being slightly displeased with what's going on. Yeah, I guess or, anything mimicking you. Oh, what if? Okay, here's a question. I wonder where V went to the bathroom because if V went downstairs, what if the ghosts have a rule where it's like we'll stay downstairs, but at night you guys can't come down here then? And what if? Yeah, or if it's like one in, one up. Yeah. One, <laughs> One down, one up. Got to even out. Yeah. So it's like if V went downstairs, the ghost is like, well, then I guess I get to go upstairs. Yeah. And d- does V see anything? I hope. It sounds like, like no. <laughs> sounds like V doesn't want to either. <laughs> V's just blissfully rummaging through and wandering her through her friend's house in the middle of the night as poor Kelsey just sees all of the ghosts. Yeah. Kelsey, I want to hear more of your experiences and your family is like so open to things. Right. Cool. I feel like Kelsey is going to have the same reputation that I had in high school with my friends where like I lived in the haunted house because multiple people that I had sleepover did experience hauntings. <laughs> and so I wonder if any of Kelsey's friends will. Yeah. Who wants to stay in the haunted house? My favorite was there was one time where I was having a big sleepover in my basement with a bunch of girls. And I was telling them about the ghost. And I was, you know, they were friendly. It was like a mom and a son. And all of a sudden, my brother's fire truck started going off. Like the engine started sirening and the lights were flashing and everyone were reeked out. But it was the best because it was like the ghost being like, hey, I'm here. Thanks for talking about me. It's the one time you actually egg on your ghost. You're like, yeah, do it. Prove the point. I bet I was terrified at the moment. But looking back, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. (laughs) That is cool. It's the perfect timing, too. Yeah. Yeah. You have multiple witnesses. Yeah. Uh, All right. This is called Encounter While Listening to You. Do you kind of have a theme? I do a little bit. I have – I think I picked out three stories to read that, that you know, have to do with us a little bit. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Make everyone scared to listen to us. <laughs> Start at the new year yeah. right. Hey, girls. My name is Rachel, and I'm 26 years old from Ottawa, Canada. I just started really getting into your podcast. My sister recommended you a while ago and always talked about how awesome she thought you guys were and would always make comments like, oh, like Sabrina from Two Girls and a Ghost. <laughs> She's always been super into ghosts and the paranormal, so if she liked it, I knew it was good and spooky just how I like Pyramid it. scheme. Pyramid scheme. Working great. She <laughs> You should feel kind of honored because my ADHD brain can only concentrate on certain voices and layouts of podcasts, <laughs> beginning, middle, end. And you girls have wonderfully soothing voices while telling <laughs> horrific stories. Wow. Thank you. That's kind of our superpower, isn't it? I think so. I think yours is more soothing than mine, though, because I'm always begging you to start a sleep podcast. But we just come off as like normal, I don't know, normal, almost 30 year old girls. And then we're like, let me tell you about this gruesome, <laughs> terrible thing. <laughs> and then the limbs were chopped off and then the spirits possessed. Yeah, we have dark minds. And that's why we're here. And other and people why obviously we're do too because there's a lot of you out there. Yes. Our horror friends. Okay, moving on. I have never really had anything super creepy happen to me throughout my life. Now that I think about it, I often had horrible nightmares in my childhood home and slept in my parents' bed for about a year at the age of eight because every night I knew I would have a nightmare and end up there anyways. I always had this weird feeling from the closets in that house and in the basement. But nothing super spooky. It just always felt more off than other places in my life. However, I was always so scared in one of the bedrooms This bedroom was my sister's and then mine, and the attic was in the closet. 
I had recurring dreams about people being in my house and not being able to find them or my family, but I knew it was a dark presence, and before I could turn a corner to find them, I would wake up. There was one about a wolf hunting me and my family down, and even after I woke up, when I would fall back to sleep, the dream would continue. Oh, I hate those ones. I hate it, yeah. That that feels like when dreams like that happen, I feel like they're not actually dreams. Like there's something is torturing you. Something yeah. is forcing you to live out the scenario. It's just annoying that it never happens with like good dreams. That's true. It never does. Now that I'm more into the paranormal, these things could have been experiences. Not saying I want any. If I saw a ghost, I'd shit myself <laughs> or vomit on it and then become cursed or some shit. <laughs> Anyways, I have two small stories that I wanted to share. First, the other day I was listening to you guys while folding clothes that I was getting ready to put on Facebook Marketplace to sell. Shout out to Facebook Marketplace. (laughs) And it was an Encounters episode. While I was folding a white shirt, my cat laid on top of it, of course, and then the podcast just stopped. This has happened a few times while listening to your podcast, and I know it's happened to others. Anyways, I got the slightest strange feeling while trying to fix it on my phone by closing the app and then opening it again. Obviously a tech genius. So I looked up and there was a dime on the white shirt right in front of me, but off to the side where my cat was. He had left. My Oma, who I always had a really special bond with, had passed away in 2018, and my family and I have gone to multiple mediums where she has come through and demands the room over some of the other spirits. In these sessions, she's told my dad that she leaves dimes and such for him around to let him know that she's there. (gasps) So back to my situation, I don't think my cat would have been dragging a dime around on his fat ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Thinking this was super strange, I texted my dad and sister about what had happened, and my sister responded, I was just telling dad about how you were selling clothes. I feel as though the dime was an acknowledgement from my Oma and kind of a connection thing. Like when we were talking, that's when the dime appeared in front of me. I don't know. What do you think? But the second story, also about my Oma, is back in April of 2018, right after her passing. I had just broken up with my ex-boyfriend, who I had moved with five hours away from home to a different city and was living with him. So young, so naive. (laughs) And I was not going through a good time. I was going through this breakup. My Oma had passed. Me and my boyfriend were taking turns in the apartment. And when I tried to leave to a friend's, alas, I got a flat tire that day and I just ended up going back to the apartment. Anyways, I was planning on getting a tattoo for my Oma. Spoiler alert, I got it. And I've gotten another one more recently for her too. And I didn't know what she would think about it. And I've never had a tattoo. And also grandmas and tattoos, you never really know. (laughs) It was my turn to sleep in the apartment. So I was sleeping there alone. I woke up one morning and I started my morning routine getting ready in the bathroom. And then all of a sudden, my Oma walked through my front door, smiling and laughing. (gasps) I screamed at her, how are you here? What's going on? You're dead. And she continued to laugh at me and walked into my bedroom and sat on the bed. Still, oh my God, I have chills. Still in a panic, I continued to ramble asking how this was happening. And we had a little conversation about how she thought my tattoo was a wonderful idea. And then suddenly I woke up. I wake up where you feel like you're falling. And I burst into tears. What the actual fuck just happened? It felt so real. I'm getting emotional just writing this. I miss her every day. And I feel as though that was her goodbye to me. And I believe that she was there with me, supporting me through my breakup and my hard time dealing with her death. I know she's one of my guardian angels, and I'm grateful I got to have this experience with her, no matter how much she freaking scared me. (laughs) Thank you so much for reading my email. I'll die if I hear this on the podcast, and then my ghost will haunt the podcast (laughs) and keep it spoopy. 
And happy holidays. See you on the other side, Rachel. Wow. And then she sent a picture of her cat. Oh my gosh, I love him. He's a big boy. Oh, Leia sits like this all the time. It's like belly up, (laughs) kind of half sitting like a human. Oh, so good. Yeah, so cute. Wow. Okay, so Rachel, your Oma is 100% with you, watching over you. I this is a beautiful story. Yeah, I mean, we don't even have to question it at this point. We don't even have to say, oh, maybe it was your Oma. Obviously, and very directly, clearly is. And I kind of love that this is a story also ties into like our podcast pausing because it almost confirms that ghosts are making it happen. happen. Yes. Yes, because it was the exact time that Oma showed up and, and dropped a dime to say a little hello. Whoa. So maybe it really doesn't have to do specifically with our podcast, but maybe there's maybe we just happen to be on play when ghosts become present. Right. But maybe people listening to our podcast helps them be more open and susceptible to the paranormal coming through. Right. Or maybe our podcast somehow has this like weird vortex that lets them through. Maybe we're mediums, but it's only our voice that works as mediums that connect to the other side. And it's not like our beings. It's just, un- yeah, unconsciously detached our voices. Yeah. <laughs> it must be. Or maybe there's like, you know, like Christmas magic when everybody believes in the bell and, and everything rings and you can wish for – or like joint prayer and all this stuff. What if so many of our listeners just are willing for a paranormal experience to happen that it just starts to kind of spark and randomly throws itself at at listeners here and there. I would say yes to that one, but I also feel like a lot of people who've emailed us with their uh, saying that they've had encounters while listening to our podcast are not asking for it, nor willing it or wishing it into <laughs> existence. It just happens. That's true. Yeah. They don't have a say. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. And clearly Oma wasn't either. I love that she laughed yeah. as she walked through it. And Rachel was like, well, how are you here? And she's like, bah, ha, 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 ha. Wow. You know nothing. <laughs> so great. Wow. Okay. I have a story from Audrey. And she says, hello, Audrey from Alaska. I emailed in January 2020 about my experiences with a sensitive to ghosts friend and a shadow person. But I'm here today to tell you a bit more about my family folklore, and experiences from relatives, including my mother. My mother grew up in a small village just north of Nome on the banks of Yukon River, and she lived there her whole life until age 18 when she moved to Anchorage, Alaska to start anew. Before she moved, however, she would be subject to the folklore and oddities of village life. One such thing was dealing with the little creatures. I'm still unsure of what they are exactly, other than they are not human. They're around a foot tall or so, and when they're seen, they're often omens of misfortune or death to come. Whenever my family had seen them, it was to foretell the death of a family member. When described to me, it was almost like they're similar to gnomes. I don't know, but I guess they're a thing that people of my mother's village all experience and know. They're ominous, but not necessarily bad. My mother once told me about how she was walking past a rundown slash burnt down building, and this building had old posters still on its walls, aged by time and elements, that were still somewhat visible to the passerby. When she walked past the building with her sisters, she saw these posters. On the way back several hours later, summertime in Alaska is sunshine from 4 a.m. to 11 p.m., give or take a half hour or so. So something tells her to look at the posters again. Unable to stop herself, she glances over, and the posters had changed. And now on the posters were sinister faces staring at her and her sisters from the distance. My mom said she screamed, and her sisters turned to look, saw the changed posters, and shrieked as well. 
They all ran down the hill and back to the safety of their little home. There are more stories that are locked deep in my memory that vaguely are coming to me, such as a small memory of my mom telling me about trapping and hunting trips that my grandfather went on with an uncle and strange noises in the forest. If you'd like, I can ask my mother if she remembers anything truly strange or horrifying from her life in the villages. Alaska is full of mysteries. We have our own triangle, you know. We also have supposed thunderbirds, a lake monster called Lake Iliamana, Bigfoot, duh, and monsters from native legends. We call ourselves the last frontier and have so much land and forest it almost boggles the mind. I hope to hear an episode about Alaska one day. I promise you'll find a lot of weird cryptids, gold rush ghosts, and weird Bermuda Triangle-y things. Audrey. I, okay, first, not not anything to do with this story, <laughs> except for the Audrey just said, there are Thunderbirds in Alaska, which I did not know, <laughs> but I'm super into. But my goodness, this is, this reminds me a lot of the Tokolosh, mm. just kind of like the bad omen. Yeah. And also, what was that? What was that? Um, super stu- Superstition Mountain? Superstitious Mountain, what? yeah. Superstitious mountain or superstitious. I feel like superstitious is superstition you might be right some yeah something like that but basically where there were these like smaller creatures that would like behead people that would go up the mountain and try to look for the gold or the tokolos mm. who are kind of you know bad omens and and kind of mischievous and yeah. this seems pretty similar it is interesting that they come before someone's death like, it's almost like, do they come before the Reaper? Do they work with the Reaper? Do they? I don't know. Yeah, it is really interesting. I also want to know how, also- how, how soon before. Right. And if I think about it in the broader context of, of other similar creatures that have been discussed, it seems like they live in, in these, like, concentrated pockets, but, like, all over the world. Yeah, yeah. Unlike Bigfoot, who Bigfoot is bas- – you're not going to find Bigfoot in the desert. It's a mountainous, foresty creature. Right. Interesting. But this is so interesting. Yeah, that's so – I mean, it's really creepy. And are they the things – are they the reason that this building, this rundown building has, like, these sinister poster face changes? Or are they completely unrelated and this old abandoned building just has creepy ghosts lingering in them that are maybe – not pleasant right or the whole town is just yeah filled with this like trickster energy it does i want to know more about this town i want to look it up because it does sound like it has a lot of paranormal stuff going on wait did she say it was in anchorage alaska no the first one is um she grew up in a small town her mom okay okay i was like i've been there yeah but no it was before she didn't see anything paranormal so it wasn't was not the same town no it was before she moved to alaska we got we have to add this to our our road trip Oh, 100%. I want to go there and I also want to go to Alaska. So let's let's just take a year off from everything. Pack yeah. up the bags. Go wave at some sea otters. Ugh. Say hello to the orcas and find all the ghosts all in the Alaska. Ghosts. Into How it. do we finance? And the lake monster. How do we finance this? How do we go on our year-long adventure? <sighs> it's a great question. I feel like maybe we just do it the way other people do it and we get this like beat up rundown van mm-hmm. and we don't wash our clothes okay and we uh make no money and we live off the land okay uh, okay so it won't be the most glamorous our van will have like a, oh my gosh what if we have like a little garden in our van and we have like oh. fresh fruits and veggies we'll make like a little green room oh. like with windows <laughs> we have a whole citrus tree yeah. <laughs> 
But no, I mean, yeah, I'm in charge of, I'll be in charge of like the little mint section, make Ooh. us some mojitos. In the, well, actually, no, we're, we're driving. Never well, mind. we'll have to, we're not going to drive the whole time. We have to stop and of course George, we George. can drink. Yes. Yeah. I'm, the more and more we talk <laughs> about it, it becomes less of a joke and more like I'm going to cry if we don't do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. We can have like, we should like start in Boston and we should have like a, a meetup with our phantoms before we go and everyone can paint our van and it's gonna be like a two girls <gasps> one goes van and then we'll like have a big party and a send-off and we go and then we'll update where we are along the way and then people can track us and be like oh where where are they today wait okay tm 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 tm, TM. <laughs> no one else can do this i want to do this so bad sabrina how dare you just throw this all out here <laughs> Uh, How dare you paint the dream so well? I know. <laughs> Does anyone know anyone at Travel Channel? Because I, I need I need Sabrina to be enticed and for her to be funded for this trip. Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> wow. What a dream. What a dream. Okay. So I said I had three stories that involve us. So this is the third. Three for three right here. Okay. This is from Heather. Hi, ladies. I truly love your podcast. I started listening to you all only about six months ago, I think, and I got my husband into it not long after that. <laughs> Pyramid scheme. I started from the beginning and only just recently made it to the beginning of 2020. I have to say there were plenty of times you both said things during these first years of your podcast where it was like, just wait, 2020 is coming. You were almost prophetic on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> whoops oh gosh you also inspired my husband and i to start our own podcast called borrow normal podcast because our last name is borrow and we have so many paranormal experiences with that being said i think your ghost has been messing with my husband and i and it won't leave us alone here's where it started about three months or so ago i'd been listening to your podcast on our speakers side note my husband is really into lights and security automation so all of our lights are set up on wi-fi and attached to alexa along with I like whispered that word because I wasn't sure about it. <laughs> Way to go in, off, yeah. Along with our speakers and the speakers play throughout our house. I turned off the podcast and maybe five minutes or so later, it started to play again on its own. I thought it was odd, but I didn't think much of it, assuming that maybe I hadn't properly stopped it. And then it started happening at least two to three times a week after that. When it started happening the second week, I let my husband know and he informed me that it had actually also been happening to him. Another side note is that my husband doesn't listen to your podcast without me. We always listen together. So for his to start playing your podcast was even more weird to consider. So we started to keep track. He said that it would play on Spotify and Breaker, which was weird because he never used Breaker. So he didn't know how it would play on its own. And that's when things got very strange. My husband came home one day and he decided to start the podcast for us to listen to while we were preparing dinner. And as I was listening to it, I realized that I had heard the podcast a long time ago. I then went into the app and I looked at the episode and it said episode 51 or something like that. It was the one where you ladies were discussing past life regression and wanting to do it. I thought it was odd because we'd been having this happen to us for about a month and then it decides to play a specific conversation that you were having. We were on episode 100 plus by that point. So it was weird that it specifically played this one portion, which made me wonder if it was for a reason. And on top of that... I've been getting consistent number signs, specifically seeing 404 and 808 in so many things, clocks, gas prices, timers, license plates, etc. There was also a time when I was driving and listening to your podcast 
And you had just read an email from a listener where the title had the name Bob in it. I feel like that was Lola Bob. Mm -hmm. And right as you said Bob on the podcast, a car got into the lane in front of me and the license plate had Bob on it. Oh. It was a goosebumps moment for sure. Some of the times where your podcast would start playing on its own were at three in the morning, (gasps) waking us up. So we were a little worried it might not be your ghost. But we'll keep assuming. There was also another time when the podcast started playing on its own and it had gone backwards again to another episode where you were discussing astral travel. Not sure if your ghost is trying to tell my husband and I something or connected us with you or if it's something else entirely. But here's the thing that's even more weird. We've listened to other music and other podcasts on the apps and our speakers never play those on their own. It's only your podcast that does this. It has been about two weeks now without anything happening, so perhaps me deciding to friendly contact you is why it stopped, or maybe it's going to happen again. I'm not sure, but if you've got ideas, we'd love to hear them. Stay spooky, ladies, and thank you for the laughs and great stories during times when we all really need it. You definitely got me through some tough times simply with your wonderful banter and spooky stories. Keep it weird, Heather. Okay, so I just looked up the two numbers, 404 and 808, in terms of like what Mm -hmm. they mean, and 404 says... It's a message from your angels encouraging you to keep up the good work in creating yourself a secure and future foundation. The angels request that you let go of all fears about your future and focus on your mission and purpose. 808 is considered the number of karma, and it's saying that you need to trust your inner wisdom and discernment and is the beginning point of infinity. Have courage. Everything will become stable in the end. So they kind of relate to each other. But I am they do really curious what points of the podcast are playing, like I wonder if they tie into that at all, if it's about questioning things. You know what this is making me feel, especially now now that you said the meaning of 404 and 808, twice the podcast has played specifically sections where we are talking about astral travel and astral projection. And I wonder if Heather's spirit, I wonder if she's been like, you know, reincarnated so many times that she's she's on the verge of like leveling up, I guess, <laughs> in terms of her her spirituality. And I wonder if if her spirit guides or or something is trying to draw her into astral projecting so that they can contact her and like give her a really important oh, message interesting. or help her figure it out. Yeah. I don't, it, it's interesting though that it's happening to both Heather and her husband. Like true. Mm-hmm. And I hate that it's happening at 3am. Like that just feels so frustrating. But if you're, if you're, that's so, if creepy. you are, what you're saying is right, then like it could be about like astral projecting when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Hey, right now I'm, I'm ready to connect to you. Yeah, the veil is the thinnest yeah. right now. Let's go. I don't know. It is It is weird. It is weird. This is, yeah, this feels very specific too. Hmm. The fact that she's getting so many signs, well, her and her husband are getting so many signs while listening to the podcast yeah. in addition to the podcast just like glitching on its own. Something is trying to make contact. Yeah. Someone is. Heather, when it if it happens again, let us know like what we're talking about specifically. Because maybe yeah. there, maybe keep a logbook. What if we're the only ones who can answer this mystery, but we need all the pieces and we don't have them all yet? We have to go pick up Heather and her husband in our Scooby Doo <laughs> truck venture oh and figure gosh. it out. So along our trip, we will go to haunted places, but we will also come visit your places and help solve the ghost mysteries. Sabrina, <laughs> I could die right now. I love this so much. Are you kidding me? This is it. This is it. We're quitting the podcast. This is what we're doing now. We can become we or no. We'll make a blog we about do it. Do the podcast from the van, and that's how we that's how we oh, afford food yes. and gas along the way. I just said let's blog about it. As if but podcasting <laughs> is like the obvious thing that we should do. 
We've lost it. Oh, gosh. We've lost our minds. But we've also come up with something brilliant. Okay. Well, Heather, we don't really have answers for you, and I'm really sorry, but we will – Sorry. Just keep us posted, and we will try to help solve this for you. Okay. I have a story from Megan, and it's called A Ghostly Murder, But I Was the Victim? Question mark. Hello, wonderful ghostesses. I just wanted to say I love y'all's podcast. Uh, It feels like I'm just hanging with friends. Y'all are doing amazing work. I'd like to share this experience that I had that doesn't really make sense to me. This took place when I was about 16 in a small town in Virginia. It was an old farmhouse that had been in the landlord's family for generations. It was definitely haunted, my dad being the one to first experience something, which was the sound of a crying woman on our very first night in the home. Over time, I had gotten used to objects moving, like really heavy objects, people whispering in my ear, lullabies coming from my closet. But this one day, about two years into our stay there, I experienced something that I never had before. And so far, haven't gone through anything like it again. So my parents had left early that morning. My mom had dialysis and I was left to get myself ready and onto the bus. No problems at all. I was used to it. Nothing like leaving all the lights on in your house to feel safe. Am I right, lol? But anyway, As I headed out the door and as I'm walking down my gravel driveway, I have this strong feeling I'm being watched. So I turned around and it was like I stepped into a photograph. Let me explain. Everything was off-colored, like a sepia filter, and my black hair was replaced with blonde hair. And instead of what I was wearing, I had a long sleeve dress on with tiny flowers. If you've ever seen Little House on the Prairie, it looked like the dresses the girls wore when they were younger. That wasn't even the weirdest part. Remember how I felt like I was being watched? Well, I was. I'm not sure if it was a shadow person, but it was tall, male, and all black. There was absolutely no identifying features, and he was crouched in a corner of the house. I felt such intense fear, and I started running. My driveway felt so unusually long, and I could feel him behind me, and I just stopped. I, or I guess she did, she knew we couldn't outrun this man, and I turned to face him. I looked into his empty face with what courage she had, and he just stared back like what was about to happen was nothing to him. And I watched as he raised what looked like a cast iron skillet and brought it down upon our head. It felt like my head burst. I felt her blood run down my face, and I fell to the ground shocked. I knew she was just gone, and then it was over, just like that. Everything was bright again. I was sitting in the dirt, and maybe 10 minutes had passed. It didn't feel that long, but I remember seeing my bus go down the side road next to my house, before it started, and I don't remember seeing it again. It's supposed to pass me and go further down our long stretch of road and then come back for me. When I stood up from the ground, the bus was stopping in front of me. I don't know what happened. I tried looking for records of this person, of any deaths on the land besides the ones that I knew about, and I couldn't find what happened. And it took me a really long time to tell anyone this story without crying. If you know what could have happened to me that day or just have any advice in general, I would greatly appreciate it. Was it a past life? A memory of a little girl? Was the man a shadow person or someone so bad that they wouldn't show me their features? Thank you so much for any help. Stay safe from spooky memories and see y'all on the other side. Megan. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, it's like so intense. This is so intense. Yeah. I don't know I mean, I don't know if it was a past life or just some spirit telling her what happened. I'm not sure. I mean, if if she looked into it and couldn't find really any records of this person, perhaps it was a past life and it Mm. wasn't something that happened in this town or on this land where her house now is. But it's just, I mean, it's fascinating, but it's also heartbreaking. And I feel like the shadow person wasn't necessarily a shadow person. I feel like that event that she 
that she experienced as that person was so traumatic that the person who was the attacker they couldn't they couldn't bear to know yeah to to remember them fully you know yeah i'm also so curious because i mean it clearly sounds like megan has found or they know of other deaths on their property i mean this house sounds very very haunted which i want to know more about but it makes me think that either there's another death that went unheard of or it's, you know, mm. a cold case that no one knows about. Like, because it kind of sounds like this girl was, like, trying to run away and then – Oh, like, not – yeah, a potential kidnapping. Yeah, so maybe it, it's a murder that was never solved. <gasps> because, I mean, it's interesting because it's so – it felt very tied to the house, you know? Like, yeah, turning around, seeing the same house, but things looked a little bit different. I don't know. And, I, like, what would have triggered it if, it if it was, like, a past life? What would have triggered it in that moment? I mean, it could be any number of things. But I don't know. It makes me think that something dark happened at this house that no one knows about. Yeah. Except for Megan. Except for Megan. Little house on the prairie style dress. So we can kind of guess – somewhat of a time period of a time frame yeah yeah oh my gosh another mystery another paranormal mystery to solve megan let's start talking about this i think we can solve a cold case here i feel like yes honestly maybe this feels like if we do enough digging we'll be able to find something yeah all right we'll set up a zoom we'll talk <laughs> megan we're going we're going to get to the bottom yeah. of this whether it was your past life or some other poor soul telling you and repeating what happened to them here wow we're figuring it out Okay, this is from Andrea. It's called Robotic Bird Warning, Alien Abduction. Oh. So I was like, oh, of course we're going to read this one. <laughs> right up my alley. Both of ours. And yours. Yeah. A little bit of alien for you, a little conspiracy theory birds are not real for me. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Hey, Ghostesses. This is Andrea from Kansas. I just recently started listening to your podcast this summer thanks to your lovely pyramid scheme. Woo! Here we go, baby. It's working. Haha, <laughs> my friend told me about you gals and I have been addicted since. I've been listening to your podcast in backwards order because I have FOMO and want to be <laughs> caught up because I listen back to older episodes. Before I listen back to older episodes, I don't know if that makes me weird, but in your last podcast episode, Sabrina said to send all of the alien stories her way for her birthday. So this one is for her. Wow, extending my birthday ghost. all the way through to my half birthday almost. Yeah. Love it. It's coming up February, baby. It can be our birthday year round with ghost stories. Perfect. She said, I wish I had a Bigfoot story to tell Corinne. Sigh. <laughs> me too. But that's a, but probably better that you didn't yeah. encounter a Bigfoot. It's pretty scary. When I was in grade school, I can't remember how old I was at the time. I was having a good old conversation about life with my dad outside on our patio. I was thirsty, so I went in to grab some water, leaving my dad sitting in the chair right outside our screen door. By the time I'd returned, my dad was standing up and looking up at the sky. I started our conversation where we'd left off and he cut me off with a, do you see that light in the sky? Now, we live in a small town, but there is enough light pollution that stargazing was something you had to drive out of town to see since you could only make out some stars. I looked up at the sky and saw the distant stars, but in front of all of the faded fuzzy stars was this orb of light. It didn't twinkle or sparkle like the hazy stars behind it did. It also didn't have any blinking lights like an airplane or a helicopter would. It was just so still. I don't know how long we stood there and stared, but my dad ran inside fast. He kept his eye on the orb, making sure it didn't disappear when my dad reappeared with our video camera. As soon as he pulled the camera out, the orb started moving to the right. My dad, being the adventurous kind, told me to quickly get in the truck so we could follow no. the orb. 
We chased it all the way to the outskirts of town when all of a sudden it zoomed upwards and disappeared. It didn't speed away horizontally like any other flying mechanism would. No, it zoomed up into the direction of space and disappeared. My dad and I just stared at each other, then started asking, did you see what I saw? We retell this story many times, so people seem to be skeptical every single time we tell it. But my dad and I know what we saw that night. Fast forward to a couple years later when I was in middle school. My room was in the basement with cement walls and one tiny, tiny window. Sounds dungeon-like, but I had the walls painted bright colors and it was a very cozy place (laughs) to hang out in. The room above me were my sister's room and the room they shared together. One night, I decided to stay up and read because the book I was reading was too good to put down. I love that. Tell us which one. I love that feeling. I don't care if it's a middle school read. I want to read it. I had my one lamp on in the room, giving it a nice warm light and atmosphere for me to read. I was still scared of being downstairs by myself, so I had the TV on very quietly in the background to fill the quiet. My bed was in the corner of the room, and changing reading positions, I flipped over onto my stomach, facing the wall so that my back was to the TV. I was reading my Kindle, so it was around 1.30 a.m., and I told myself I can only stay up a little longer to read because I didn't want to be up around 3 a.m. for obvious reasons. (laughs) As I was reading, I heard a quiet, robotic bird call behind me. Naturally, I thought it was the TV, so I ignored it. Seconds later, the robotic caw was loud and right behind me. It felt like it had been right behind my ear. Startled, I flipped around to face the TV and then it happened. My bed started shaking (gasps) and it wasn't only my bed, but the whole room, the whole house was shaking like it was an earthquake. At the time, my lamp and TV started flickering on and off and I held onto the bed for dear life. I was so scared. It only lasted a couple of seconds when everything stopped shaking in the TV and the light were back to normal. Shaken to the core, I ran upstairs to see if everyone else was all right. And guess what? Everyone was sound asleep like nothing had happened. What? I walked into my sister's room to make sure that they were all right since their room was right above mine and they were snoring in their beds undisturbed. So many questions were flying through my head when I realized that it couldn't have been an earthquake because we live in Kansas, Tornado Valley Zone, and it wasn't storming outside, and the shaking hadn't woken up anyone else, which it would have with how violent it was. Lastly, I heard a robotic bird right in my ear before it all started, which makes me feel like it was a little more than a natural disaster event. I never told the story to anyone until recently at the age of 23, post-college, when I decided to tell my family. And my sister outright said, it sounds fake. (laughs) And I couldn't agree more, but it happened. And I only wish that I checked the clock afterwards to see if there had been a time gap. I guess I will never know, but I do know that my experience was real and that it had to be aliens. I hope you enjoyed my story. I do have more that are not alien related, but spooky and we'll have to share with you later. Happy belated birthday, Corinne. Happy birthday, Sabrina. See you on the other side, Andrea. Well, it's always our birthdays here, so... (laughs) Thank you. I'm okay. One, I love Andrea. Your relationship with your dad sounds so fun. I love that you guys. I know. Just like chase down this UFO. Also, I want to see forget the- storm chasing. It's alien yeah. chasing tonight. I want to see the video footage. Oh yeah, I know. I wonder if he actually captured anything. Right, and it's also so interesting that like. Oftentimes when people go and get their cameras, it then starts to move or it goes away, which is like, how do they know that people are trying to report it? exactly what I was just going to say. How do they know? How do they know? And were they totally aware of Andrea and her dad chasing them? I don't know. Aliens are so mysterious. And clearly they were they were intrigued with just that one particular town, at least on that mm-hmm. night, because as soon as they got to the outskirts of town, they were like, zip, zip, Never mind. we're heading back out. We, got, we saw what we wanted. We saw what we wanted. I wonder how far in advance they planned their abductions. Maybe they saw what they wanted and they were like, we're going to come back in however many years later it was. 
Yeah. And also, so, okay, so she saw the alien with her dad. Mm -hmm. And then presumably a few years later, because she was in middle school, is when she had the experience with the the bird and the room shaking. And it's kind of giving me the vibes of the fourth kind. Did you ever watch that movie? Mm -hmm. Oh, you should. It's pretty freaky. But, I mean, they use owls as the sign for aliens in the fourth kind. Mm. But, again, it's like – it's sort of like this weird robotic animal-like bird-like connection to an alien abduction. Interesting. So – yeah, I'm I'm curious if like maybe they did go back and check on her. What if that was her second alien encounter? <sighs> Interesting. Are you jealous? <laughs> no, remember I don't really care for aliens anymore. Yeah. That one yeah. We you cared about it until we actually listened to a potential alien. We had a really was- messy breakup. <laughs> you did. As in, I broke up with them and I never heard back from them ever again. So <laughs> I don't know where we stand. Well, now that you don't want it, it's going to happen. <laughs> Isn't that how it works? No. Uh, no, that's not. Don't put that out there. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I. It's so weird that any – like uh, aliens, paranormal things, regardless, just can change your reality and no one else's. Like that is what startles me so much about these stories. I know the fact that her whole room – and she's the foundation of the house in her yeah. room. She's in the basement. If she shakes, everyone should yes. be shaking. Uh, and I mean, it clearly happened. Like the electronics in her room were being affected. It's so weird. <sighs> it is. Okay. Well, set up a camera in your room that records all the time and maybe you'll catch aliens abducting you again in the future. The sad part about that is that I feel like if people actually do that, they're not going to catch anything. Like it's the classic, like you do all the right – steps mm. take all the right moves you have all the right equipment and then it just glitches and it goes out and you're like well shit i didn't catch anything for that 90 seconds that we all actually in person experienced anything okay well maybe that's okay two th- two things one if you never catch any- anything that's great because that means that you're not getting abducted again and two if it glitches for a weird certain amount of time when something similar happens again like the shaking and the bird sound and then the video camera glitches and you know you're validated in your experience. What's that movie? I can't remember if it's an alien or if it's a ghost, but there's there's footage like it's it's security camera footage of a hallway like in an office building basically. And it glitches and then like right in front of the camera is a face. Oh, I don't know. It's so scary. I can't remember what it's from. That sounds familiar, but I can't place it. This is why I don't want cameras. <laughs> I do actually have a camera that I bought when I lived alone. Mm. It's just one of those like little nest cameras that you can set up. And so I would set it up in my apartment when I would when I would leave just to be able to check on my apartment yeah. for like break-ins and stuff, you know, because no one else was checking on it. And every single time the sun shifted positions, it would cast a shadow in my apartment and I'd get an alert on my phone and I would shit myself every single time because I always thought I was catching a ghost on camera. <laughs> Every that would be time. so happened, cool. Like, I was like, oh, paranormal activity. I caught them this time. It'd be so heart racing. And then it's just freaking shadow. Ugh. I, yeah. I would love that. One day. I would love if you caught a ghost in your apartment on camera. Not not me catching we it. We don't then need that would to mean because – That would mean I'd have a ghost in my apartment. And I'd rather you have a ghost in your apartment. That's true. I think that's why I was like partially excited but partially terrified because yeah. I didn't actually want want to know. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if we catch them or not because everybody else seems to be and they yeah. send them to us. So this is great. <laughs> and I'm going to end with a story that is a bit sad but has a heartwarming ending. Okay. 
It's from Shay, and it's called Sonogram from Heaven. Hello, ladies. My name is Shay. My husband, who is a longtime listener, and I both love the podcast. I'm a fairly new listener and haven't quite caught up yet, but I binge listen every chance I get. We also listen so often that our oldest son, Easton, who is seven years old, is even a fan. I'm counting that as a parenting win. Um, Shay, have Easton send us his see you on the other side whisper. Okay. She says, I love all the encounters episodes. I never realized just how many people are actually sensitive to spirits. I find myself feeling a tad bit jealous and wishing I had a story worthy of sending in. After weeks of trying to talk to my husband, who is Native American and has had quite a few experiences, including some from Skinwalker Ranch, into sending his stories, I remembered something that I experienced but never really registered as a paranormal or supernatural experience until I heard this podcast. So in September of 2012, my husband and I were broke newlyweds who decided on a whim to pack up and move six hours away from our hometown and from both of our families. We had just found out we were expecting our first baby. We had our own apartment, and I had just got hired at my dream job at the time, so everything seemed perfect. But as you all know, nothing stays perfect for long. About two weeks after we settled into this new life in a new town, I got fired on my first day of my new job when I told them about my pregnancy. On top of that, my husband was having a hard time finding a job. That's so messed up. I know. We both tried to stay positive, but everything seemed to pile up at once. Fast forward a couple months to one evening in November, and I had this overwhelming feeling that we needed to move back home. I was nervous to tell my husband I wanted to move back so soon. I felt like we had failed at our first challenges of married life. Plus, our lease wasn't up until January, and we had already paid up front. I waited a couple of days thinking maybe I was just homesick, but this feeling just kept growing stronger and stronger. I finally told my husband on Black Friday, which also happened to be my birthday. I figured he couldn't get too upset since it was my birthday and we were shopping in public. To my surprise, he had the exact same feeling. We both decided that night we were going to move home after our lease was up. That night, my parents called me to wish me a happy birthday And we decided not to tell them we were planning on moving home just yet. But I remember going to sleep feeling this sense of peace with our decision. The next morning, I woke up and decided to call my dad. I can't remember exactly why I needed to talk to him. But when my mom answered the phone, I remember saying, where's dad? Before I even said hello to her. She jokingly said, I think he's dead. I've been trying to wake him up for a few minutes. I was about to tell her to shut up and let me talk to my dad when she gasped and said in a panic that something was really wrong. I screamed at her to call an ambulance and the line went dead. It was over an hour before my mom finally called me back. My dad was rushed to the hospital and then flown by helicopter to an ICU unit about three hours away. He spent three days on life support with no signs of improvement, and we made the hard decision to take him off of life support. Keep in mind, I'm six months pregnant during this time, and my husband kept trying to comfort me by telling me my dad was in heaven with our baby. I had the hardest time believing this. How can my baby be in heaven when he was physically inside my stomach? A few days after my dad's funeral, I had an appointment with my OBGYN where I was able to get an ultrasound done on my baby. As I was laying there waiting for the doctor to snap a few pictures, he starts laughing and excitedly telling me to hurry and look at the monitor. I look over and there on the monitor was a tiny baby hand flashing the peace sign. I instantly burst into tears. My doctor told us in the 20 plus years he's been doing ultrasounds, he had never seen anything like this. It took all the ride home for me to explain to my husband why I was sobbing uncontrollably. Growing up, I used to give my dad the peace sign every time I would leave a room, except I thought it was cooler to hold it up sideways with the back of my hand facing outwards. He used to always correct me saying, you're not really saying peace unless your fingers are facing forward. 
In my baby sonogram, you can clearly see his little fingers facing forward, and I just knew that it was my dad. It had to be his way of letting me know he's at peace. Stay spooky, and I'll see you on the other side, Shay. And she attached a picture. I'm looking at the picture, and this isn't even like an accidental, oh, baby's hand is like kind of in the piece. This is distinctly in the piece. Oh, like sign. Every, like all the other fingers are exactly the way you would put them in a piece sign. It's so Yeah, the clear. two outer fingers are being held pinned down by the thumb, and the other two are like a spread V, a piece <laughs> sign. And the fact that the doctor had never seen anything like that in 20 years. Right. And it's not the most comfortable position no. to be in. A little – oh, it's so – I mean, it moves my – Wow. If you've ever, I mean, geez, yeah. If you've ever experienced a sign, this is it. Wow. That's such an amazing sign for your dad to give you, especially, Shay, since you're – since your husband kept saying that your dad is with your baby and then they were together to combine the two. Peace. Oh, wow. That is – I mean, horrible that that your family experienced that and sudden deaths are, are obviously so traumatic and so hard. But now you know that your dad is certainly with your child always and forever and will probably make sure those peace signs are facing the correct way. (laughs) I feel like there's so many stories of women who are pregnant who have paranormal things happen to them while they're pregnant. I know. It really is super interesting that for some reason, pregnancy opens people up in some sort of way where yeah, the par- yeah, there's just like heightened ability and paranormal activity. That scares me because <laughs> one day that means we're, if, I'm, if we're pregnant that maybe we'll have a lot more ghost experiences. Eek! We should be pregnant at the same time and then go on round two of our <laughs> ghost bus tour. While we're pregnant? <laughs> Yeah, just have battle to all the demons while we're extra strong. <laughs> that would be a show. Pregnant women on ghost adventures. <laughs> you heard it here first. We're doing it. TM. TM. Wow. My neighbors are probably like, who is this bitch that screams TM at the top of her lungs? It's oh, me. Oh, gosh. It's you. It's us. And it's, it's us. you it's guys. It's two girls, one ghost, and all of the phantoms. This was an amazing episode. Thank you for writing in your stories to us. Everyone else, if you've been sitting on stories that you have not written to us yet, please do our emails, two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And if you've already written us in the past and you're feeling a little blue that we haven't read your story yet, just so you know, it's we there's no rhyme or reason as to the timeline of stories that we pick. We pluck some from the when we very first started to ones that were sent today. Yep. It's all over the place. Yeah, it's all over the place. So you have a chance. Yes. We we'll get to you and if we or we will try to get to you. And if we can't get to you on this podcast, you can join us on Green Room on Spotify Green Room on Tuesdays every week at five PM Pacific, eight PM Eastern, and share your story in person with us. I mean, virtually in person. But you can tell your story in front of an audience and join us on stage. And it's so much fun. It's an hour every Tuesday. And I, I don't know how else you would want to spend your Tuesday nights. Yeah. So spend it with us, please. And you can also tell everybody about us. Pyramid scheme. Great interview on iTunes. We also have social media. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on TikTok. We have Twitter. We have a Two Girls, One Ghost Facebook group that is moderated by some other fellow phantoms, some TGOG mods, and that's a great space to be. We have merch. We have Patreon. We have so many ways to support us, and we want to say thank you to a couple of people. First, Aiden Manning and the entire team at Upfire Digital. Thank you so much for editing our podcast, and we will see you on on the the 
other side.